when the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I'm now aware to get me shoot my shot. Yes! What about your start to the game? Oh, it wasn't bad, was it? Yeah. Oh, well, I asked him which way he thinks it should be done. You get down to it. Sacked in the morning, the football podcast for people who aren't football people. <laughs> that's not a weird way to put it. No, we're we're the football podcast that isn't brought to you by a big newspaper or radio station. Basically, we're the independent football podcast. We're the podcast that can tell it like it is. The only ever one to do that. Uh, well, most of the other ones are all they're all affiliated with newspapers or or like. Radio shows and professionals and stuff like that. So yeah, independent. Sponsored by Manscape. Oh, if only, mate. <laughs> Can't wait to get that sweet Manscape money. <laughs> yeah. Go out there with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shave your balls. <laughs> that's 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 the best way to live. Anyway, my name is Richard. I'll be your host each and every week. And most weeks, or, or whenever we can get these out, I will be joined by my two co-hosts. Two co-hosts? No, two co-guests. Because there is only one host. This is a little bit messy, but don't worry. It all tidies up in editing. Don't worry about it, all right? It's a bit hesky. Yeah. <laughs> bit hesky. Hesky. <laughs> the true great. So yeah, so first of all guys, I thought we'd do a little introduction. Uh, this is, uh, for, for those of you listening, this is actually like episode 1.5. Uh, we did do a lot of this before, but unfortunately that was pre-pandemic. Was that first episode pre-pandemic? It was, yes. It was before. It, it was or, or is it 1.5 or episode 1B? Ooh. What do you reckon? Yeah, because you know like you have episode pilot and then you yeah. have like episode 1 or episode yeah. 1B. So you could classify that. Yeah. Yeah, episode one B. Yeah, so because we've 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 all done this once before. Yeah, it was it was either 
No, it was definitely 2019. It was definitely 2019. Yeah, it was pre. It was pre. It was pre-pandemic. It was pre-pandemic. Yeah. We all still thought we all thought Spurs might actually win something, and yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pre-pandemic, definitely. Um, they're not good. Do you don't think they're in a good position to win something now? We'll, we'll get into we'll this. Get into that. I think yeah, we need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, we need to go through the steps first, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, unfortunately. Uh, the pandemic hit, which buggered up a lot of things, um, and the information that we recorded got lost on a corrupted hard drive of mine, I'm afraid. So that get COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Computer virus. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of redoing this uh, a little bit. So, um, so we're going to go through some of the same things that we've already done lads all right but for the audience they've never listened to this before so yeah if you just want to introduce yourselves tell us a little bit about yourself um and what makes you such a footballing export tom export 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 <laughs> expert <laughs> <laughs> what makes you such a football expert mm-hmm. i've been watching football for a long time Richard. that's why okay since well since 96 so that's what 26 years ago? Mm-hmm. Is my mask good there? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, since the, since the olden days... We're not here know? to do maths, we're here to talk sports! Since the olden days when 15 million was the world record transfer fee. Days. Mm. Okay. Um, what's your what's your footballing philosophy? <laughs> well, personally? Yeah. Uh, what, in terms of what football I like to watch? or How do you think football should be? Well, I mean, football should be played on the ground. Well, I mean, ideally, yes, but if your team is not capable of that, then obviously no. Football should be played the way your team can play it. Don't play outside your means. And tell us what team you support, if you can, please. Uh, Arsenal, of course. Is there another option? (laughs) And why was that? Uh, (laughs) Why was that? I don't know, I just kind of liked Arsenal when I was a kid watching them on ITV and... They were in Europe a lot at that point. I liked Ian Wright, Dee Dixon, David Seaman. I just liked the personalities that they had at the time. Dennis Bergkamp as well. That was the main appeal for me. For me. I didn't really want to be a Man United fan at that point as well. My dad basically said to me that uh, if you become a Man United fan, then they're never going to go and see him play. Not that I wanted to become one anyway, because that was what everyone wanted to be, wasn't it? Laurie Hunting was the uh, yeah. the uh, the man new fans at that point. Of course, you can turn around and go, well, why didn't you support someone local? But did I know those teams existed back then? Nah. I actually did. I don't have an excuse, but we'll get to me anyway. <laughs> so. uh, and Michael, who from this point on shall be called Feeling, just for the um, benefit of the audience, that is what he has always been called to us. Uh, it sounds weird calling him Mike or Michael, to be honest with you. Um, well. We'll see what he says about that. Yeah, but he doesn't really have a choice in what I call him. <laughs> no, for operational purposes, we'll go with that. And how people that work call me Mike, and that's still a weird at times. Okay, so even he thinks it's weird. Okay, so well, fair enough. Know. As long as you're comfortable with that. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, Phelan. When did you when did you get into football? Uh, Ninety four World Cup. I did it for a school project. So oh. That's when I started watching football. Oh, and then, yeah, what was the school project? Grew into it from there. School project for '94, so I had to kind of cover the games, give a little bit of presentation back, and yeah, I remember watching Ireland beat Italy. Oh, okay. What did you have to report? 
uh, games, scores, goals, and was it was the game any good? Okay. It was literally like two minutes each morning to the class because obviously the World Cup was in America, so there was such a massive time difference. Mm-hmm. So my parents had to kind of record games, and then I'd sit and watch them. And who else was involved in, in this? Was it just you, or was it like a whole class? It thing? was just me. No, it was just me. Why was that? I have no idea. <laughs> do you think the teacher just didn't think you were smart enough to do the proper class projects, so just gave you that? <laughs> Maybe. I just kind of started joining in playing a little bit of football at school and diving around on concrete, which I always loved. So I don't know whether it came from that or not. I don't know. So were you always a goalkeeper? Well, I- He's a goalkeeper, by the way. Yeah, we might have to go back and ask my year five teacher why that was. Maybe you yeah, dived on the concrete once too many times and hit your head. <laughs> yeah, I got concussed five times playing football, so who knows? I got concussed twice playing football. I got it five, I got concussed five times. Oh, wait, once playing football, twice outside of football. Anyway, uh, and what is your footballing philosophy feeling? So, I have a relatively simple philosophy. Got me, uh, like to play like a I think you should really play like a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1, be defensively solid, uh, but with a little bit of creativity in midfield to be able to play at pace, power, um, that sort of thing. And um, what team but do you support? You, defense, oh, sorry. Uh, strikers win your games, defences win your championships. What does a goalkeeper win you? Points. Good answer. That's, that's <laughs> a good answer. Well thought out. Cool. Uh, and what team do you support, please, Feeling. I am a Tottenham sport for better or worse. And why is that? My parents didn't like particularly like football. Parents across the road did. Got in for it from there. Thank you very much, Phil and Tom. Uh, my name is Richard. Uh, I've been into the into into the football. <laughs> I've been into football since uh, the age of four is when I started playing. Uh, wouldn't say I really started following like until probably about ninety five, maybe. Um, I remember the 94 World Cup, though, because I was in Ireland at the time. And uh, obviously, Ireland were going crazy. Oh, yeah, with, sure. Uh, with their performances in, in the World Cup. I'm pretty sure they thought that they were going to win Euro, uh, Euro <laughs> they, they 96. Beat Italy, they beat Italy, didn't they? Uh, in that, yeah. In that, in that World Cup. So they probably thought they were going to... I'm pretty sure they thought they were going to go on to dominate the rest of the 90s, to be honest with you. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Um, Really got into it in 95, I would say, um, is when I really started to understand more about what the game was. My footballing philosophy is there is no right way to play football. It is the same as Tom, is you need to do what's right for the players that you have at the time. The reason I ask this question is just for curiosity's sake. I'm a football coach by trade, so... It's nice to know how other people view the game. Uh, yeah, my philosophy has always been uh, do what's right for the players that you have at the time. Um, but if I have got the players, I like to play a very um, fast counter-attacking style. <laughs> Think a uh, super sexy fun time Germany. Um, yeah, when they were uh, at their at their peak in the uh, in the two thousands um, and the tens. Yeah. Uh, late 2000s, early 10s, mid 10s kind yeah. of thing. Super sexy, fun time Germany. That was my. That was the team I really liked watching. Um, I don't think Germans have ever been described as super sexy, fun time. Not not Germans in specific. No, not no, Germans. That, 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 that team you were talking the about. The football yeah. was yeah, good. Yeah. Super sexy, fun time. <laughs> yeah. 
But the yeah. people, no, they're, they're ruthlessly efficient. Mm. <laughs> now it's time for sex. Now sex time is finished. <laughs> now it's time for fun. Fun time is finished. I'm sure that works. Now we must go to work. I'm sure that happens. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly what German yeah. people are like. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I should go. <laughs> Right, okay, so as I said, we are going to get together when we can, discuss football. There's not going to be a specific uh, type of flow to this. Uh, I'm sure we'll uh, preview certain certain fixtures, certain games, certain things like that. We'll, we'll do that. But because of the nature of the releasing of this show, um, it's probably not going to be a set format where each week we review the games that are coming up that week. It's more of a free-flowing yeah, yeah, football yeah. discussion, really. So with that in mind, uh, you guys wanted to have a little bit of a season review for the season just gone. Uh, so that's 21-22 season. That's right. Uh, pre- predominantly focusing on the Premier League, but I'm sure that there will be aspects from the probably the Championship coming into this at some point. Champions uh, League. Champions League, um, news from around Europe, internationals, things like that. But with that being said, guys... Where did you want to kick this off? Um, oh, we could talk about the overachievers and underachievers from the season, feeling like you suggested. You want to start with the I overachievers? Start with either. We can start over or under. Whatever you Take want, it. guys. I don't mind. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go for the good first and the bad or second. You get more mileage out of the bad, yeah. don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I would say the overachievers would definitely be bright now, I would have thought. Yep. Absolutely agree with that. Considering I had them to go down, yeah, yeah I would, I would agree. Um, although I think there's, you know, a bit of a good shout for West Ham overachieving again this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know they did it last season as well, but I don't think anyone expected them to be the same standard as they were no, in season four. No. I, no, I, I thought they would struggle a bit last season, to be honest. Probably not as much as Brighton, I would agree, yeah, but... Probably. I had West Ham finishing top seven, top six, so... I don't know, I thought they'd fall off a little bit because they were in Europe last season and uh, they went, with the size of their squad, they wouldn't be able to maintain the same standards. I think, I but figured they'd finish towards the top of the the second Premier League. Ten or eleventh, yeah. probably. Yeah, but they, yeah. Did, they did really well. But, no, I, I, would, I would say Brighton, probably, yeah. They... they Really overachieved, I think, because like I said, I had him to go down. So, so the main two is yeah. anyone else we think overachieved? I've got two more names written down. Brentford. Brentford is one of them. Yes, um, they were very good to watch. To be fair, and uh, Christian Eriksen coming in in January really gave them. Yeah, they gave like them a massive lift, boost. Like, yeah, they well, considering just, they were floundering a little they were bit by struggle, that point. Yeah. yeah, I think that that was. Yeah, they. Because they started off with the, the traditional promoted club high, unless you're one of the yo-yo clubs that come up and down every year. So they get like their high where for like the first 10 games. Mm-hmm. They've got all the confidence in the world. Teams haven't worked them out yet. They're catching everybody um, by surprise, playing with no fear. And then you hit like the next 10 games where it's that kind of makes or breaks the season. Yeah. And how they get through that run. And it, as Tom kind of mentioned, they were just hitting the dip end of that run where they hadn't picked up too many points. They weren't scoring a lot of goals. And then Ericsson came in and lifted the whole team. But it, they also changed their style of play mm-hmm. just to be a little bit more, I don't want to say direct, because that's that's not fair on Brentford. They, they play some wonderful um, passing football. 
but they had a bit more of a, a an identity of how they wanted to get their goals. Right. Because beforehand it was just they moved the ball around the pitch and hope for an opening, whereas this time they moved the ball around the pitch looking for Ericsson to be that playmaker, putting the ball in the box more than they did beforehand. And that's where they started picking up a lot of their goals. I mean, that's why. But just having Ericsson there just, yeah. just pulled a defender away so it created space for Tony. It created space for the other midfielders to get between the lines because they were so focused on Ericsson and what Ericsson could do that the piggyback off that was massive for them. I don't think they're going to be able to keep Ericsson around, though, unfortunately. No, no I don't. Like it looks like he's going to go at the end of the season. Yeah. But where's he going to go? Man United. You think he'll be United? That's yeah. what I reckon. I reckon he could end up in Liverpool. Mm, interesting. I don't know. Right, I've got one more name on the overachievers. I've put a question mark against it because I'm convinced you're going to buy it. But Arsenal, slightly. No, not in a million years. No, I think if we've got Champions League, then probably yes. But um, we didn't, so... I, I didn't think we finished right higher than sixth. And we finished fifth. Which so is it's only, it's only one position. Under Spurs, outside of Champions League places, because Spurs are all North London. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think I'd agree with that. Um, but if we got Champions League, do you reckon? I mean, this Arsenal team, with this squad of players, with this manager then probably yes. Arsenal historically, no. No, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. definitely be at least getting Champions League. Yeah, That's... totally. I don't think we should be finishing above Man United with the players they have as well. No, I think that they're probably a good contender for one of the major underachievers of the season, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That team should have done way more than, than what they did. Yeah, they're on my list for underachievers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the Arsenal one. I'm not I'm not convinced, but I'm not unconvinced either, <laughs> you know. It's like... Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're difficult in the situation that they're in at the moment. I mean, it's Arsenal. They should be doing a lot better than they're doing, but this team is very, very ordinary. It looks like there's players coming through that can start to do a little bit more. I mean, yeah, we've got plenty of young players, you know. Yeah, I think the the way the Premier League is built now, to to do a project like Arsenal is doing without bringing in some, I don't want to say superstars, because that's not necessarily true, but some established experience, mm-hmm. you're going to get left behind just because of how good City and Liverpool are. You're basically City, Liverpool, then the next five teams competing for those uh, two Champions League and Europa League places. That's basically what the Premier League's now become to a degree. Uh, yeah, at the moment, yeah. I thought Chelsea... Because this t- top four, as it's just finished, was the same top four from like three years ago, position for position, yeah. when City had 98, Liverpool 97, then Chelsea, then Spurs, then Arsenal, sorry, top five. It was pretty mm-hmm. much exactly identical as it was three years ago. Interesting. We finished in the top four three years ago. Feels like it's been like, probably <laughs> since we've been. Yeah, in the top no, this season we got right? the Champions League final. That was, oh yeah, that I didn't tell everyone, year. did I? I'm a Spurs fan as well. I forgot. Oh, no, no, cares about that. that. <laughs> no one cares about that. This is the problem. When no one asks you the questions, you forget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the problem of being so. Host. So who else are we going for for the underachievers then? I um... my underachievers is probably a little bit controversial. Okay. Oh, go on. Because I've got Chelsea. 
Yeah, slightly. Up until Christmas, they looked pretty good, and then fell off, didn't they? Wait, we're on underachievers now, yeah? Underachievers, So we yeah. finished with the overachievers. Yeah, unless you've got anyone else to add. Yeah. I, would, I would say Tottenham, personally, but no, I think we I'll behave. massively. <laughs> no. But that's because I'm a pessimist, so... <laughs> Um, okay, I so, can understand it. Uh, underachievers, right? Okay, Chelsea. Go uh, on, sorry, Fina. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, obviously, Man United because they <laughs> the bed in such a bad way, and Everton. Oh, definitely Everton. Everton Jesus yeah. Christ, yeah. I just heard the Dolphin. And probably, I, I'd probably, probably put the Leeds in with that as well. Who? Sorry, what? I'd probably put Leeds in there as well. Mm, no, I, I, I kind of expected them to struggle I expect- a little bit. Mid-table. I mean, I, no, I expected Leeds to really struggle this season and go down next season. So they're going to be one of my picks to go down in the 22-23 season. But, uh, yeah, I expected them to really struggle this season, to be fair. Even though they had the world's greatest manager of all time <laughs> in charge of them. You know, all hell. The problem is they got found out. Yep. No. No one finds out Bielsa. Yes. No, Bielsa is no, no. Bielsa is the greatest <laughs> manager that has ever existed in the history of the world of yeah. life, and and yeah. no one found him out. He was he was shafted by <laughs> by the powers that be. The, 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 the they don't want Leeds to succeed. That's what it is. They're, they're keeping them down. That's that's the Any, anyway. The moving on. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think Everton are yeah, the biggest underachievers, right? Oh, Everton. Uh, oh, considering Everton where they should be and where they end up finishing. Like, uh, who, who would have thought at the start of the season they'd be in the, into the last week of the season and not safe? Mm-hmm. Well, in April, I thought they were going down. I actually had them done. Yeah, they look terrible. They're very rank. You know? That's a lot more from Everton, really. I mean, considering the amount of money that they've spent as well. And yep. I mean, the players that they've got on... Terrible. I mean, it's not a. Also, not world beaters. It's not a world beating team, no. It's not a team that's going to challenge for titles. It's not a team that's necessarily going to challenge for trophies. But it's not a team that should be struggling as much as they did. I think um, that what this season has shown is how influential of a player Gilfie Sigerson is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Um. I do agree with you on Chelsea, though. I think they probably should have mounted a bit more of a title challenge. I mean, if Lukaku had hit form, they would have, probably. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I had Chelsea to win the league this season. That's what yeah, I mean. So, so when you speak to a lot of people, most people had Chelsea to win the league. Yeah. With Lukaku coming in, that was supposed to be like the final piece of the puzzle. They just won the Champions League, completely outplayed City in that final. And then Lukaku was supposed to be the point that helped kick them on. And then at one point, they were in danger of not even finishing in the top four. So, yep, yep. The Lukaku mean, f- experiments failed. If, if there are a few more games, it's stupid to say that it's only a few more games, but I think Arsenal and Spurs yeah. might have caught them. Well, I yeah, mean, I honestly think we so. Were, we were if there going had been into the, like, sorry. another three games, I, I think we'd have overhauled them both of us would have done. Yeah, well, I mean, we were going into the last game of the season. Um, just... Uh, only with the potential of only being goal difference behind Chelsea in third. That that was, you know, yeah. and then you wouldn't have thought that come, like, uh, December, January time. You would have thought, like, oh, they should be they should be all right by now, you know. But 
But yeah, going into the last game of the season, it was a case of, well, we would finish on equal points with them, potentially, and they'd only be ahead of us by on goal difference, you know, which yeah. is a pretty poor situation to be in. So I get what you're saying with regards to that. But, I mean, they still finished third. I mean, out yeah. of, out of um, City and Liverpool, I mean, that's not a terrible no, situation. No, it's not to... terrible, but I think they should have found more of a challenge. I mean, my my biggest um, underachiever of the season would, would be technically Lukaku, rather than yeah. the actual Chelsea team itself. <laughs> would yeah. be Lukaku. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I couldn't have been. I was not the only person that looked at that situation and thought that is a fantastic signing for Chelsea. Oh, everybody! Now did. they've got a goal did. scorer, and they've got someone who can get them that twenty, thirty goals a season. That's going to push them into a contendership position. And they just didn't use him at all. I, I don't it became clearer early well, it, on that it, they too sure. His attitude was wrong, wasn't it, as well? I just I don't know if it was necessarily his attitude. I mean if you if you come But you don't you don't go to an Italian to onto Italian news and just basically blast a manager and blast a club and say you don't really want to be there and you'd rather be in Milan and you didn't really want to leave. I mean, I think I mean, personally, yeah. if I was being attacked uh, and set, told how bad I was and everything like that, I would be quite happy to turn around and go, well, to be fair, no one's really playing to my strengths. Uh, you know, I, I can only do so much. This is how I perform. You've all seen me here in this country. You know how good I can be. If you're not willing to play to my strengths, don't start then attacking me and saying, oh, you're the problem. You're you're not the one who's, you know... I think there's this weird thing in, in football. It's like, oh, you don't you don't talk about people. Like, oh, you don't. No, everything's done. But why? Why? Yeah, no, no, I, I if you're attacking me I, and no one's standing up for me, then I'm going to go and say, well, to be fair, too cool sh**. No offence, but... But he's getting paid off well of money so does that does that <laughs> yeah. does that negate the fact that you have strengths that your employer should be playing towards but surely you should sort that out internally yeah I tried. don't think you should publicly criticise and also it's more for the fact that he turned around and said that he didn't want to leave in the first place they yeah, just make some mockery of you know his apparent press conference like, oh, it's a dream to come back to Chelsea it's that and the other and then Six months later, you're in an you're in an Italian train. Well, I didn't actually want to leave, and I was really happy in Italy, and I didn't really want to go. Well, okay, <laughs> is that is that a mockery of um of that press conference, or is it a mockery of what I was saying in that you're trained to have to say certain things, even if it's not how you actually feel at the time? But you just but you didn't have to go. He didn't have to sign for Chelsea. Inter Milan yes. wanted to sell it, but he could have said, "No, I'll, I'll, I'll say thank you." I've, I, I know that, but I've, I've listened to like the Peter Crouch podcast, and he talks about when he didn't want to leave Tottenham when we were getting Adi Bayor. Then he didn't want to leave. He's like, "No, I'm happy here. I want to stay here." But Daniel Levy made it perfectly clear: if you stay, you're not going to get a squad number next season. You're not even going to play in the reserves. Ouch. So is it a case of like a team who wants to get rid of you? You know, well, I need to go, otherwise next season I'm buggered. Like you could turn around and say, yeah, but it's up to the manager to play him. Yeah, that's great. But if the chairman says to the <laughs> to the admin people, don't register him, then the manager can't play you. Even if you, so I I think it's often a case of like if a team says we're willing to sell you, it's basically get out the door. 
because you have no future here. Yeah, I think that's more financial than anything, I guess, on the Interland's part. They wanted to sell him. Maybe. But he's now going back there alone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Strange, isn't it? The whole thing just just didn't particularly sit right. It's such a shame, isn't it, really? I mean, he's clearly talented. You can clearly (laughs) see what he can do. Yeah. It's just... The Chelsea system isn't... Yeah, it also comes to the argument sometimes that he's... And not for a lack of talent. He's just not suited to play in the Premier League. It doesn't suit his style of... I don't know. I think he was pretty decent at Everton. Yeah, and at West Brom. Yeah. I think Um, because they played towards his strengths. I think the thing is, is that the the reason that he's never going to be... Yeah, but the the, the Premier League has moved now to this, to a passing, Mm -hmm. fast-paced... When I say right that it doesn't suit to play his football, football. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't suit how he plays. You just hold the ball up, bring people in. Um, he plays with power. He bullies defenders in the Premier League now. That's not how they play. You look at most teams now. Mm-hmm. The top ten teams will generally play the same kind of way. I think the so. Two, he's just not suited to play the Premier League. I think the two things for me that are an issue is that he'll never be world class. Because the people yep. that are world class are able to get beyond their issues of this. Yeah, yeah. that's and the thing. Adapt. He doesn't seem to be able to adapt, which is a problem. And the second thing is, he seems to me to be a very emotional player. Like if he's like, I know that it, you know it, it's it's silly to say if he's not up for it, then he's not going to perform. But. I think there are players that have come around that are affected a lot more by their emotions than some other players. Like, I think a lot of other players are able well, to yeah, like, block it here. out. Yeah. But we were having this discussion earlier with Deli Alley. Um, yeah. I think he's another player who's very emotional in regards to the way he plays. Um, oh, we'll get Deli Alley later on. I'm telling you. Yeah. Okay. Well, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> in my thoughts, don't worry. But some people are able to compartmentalize, and some people are able to be like, "I'm not happy at the moment, but that doesn't matter." That's a big word for you. Oh, fuck! I got a, I've got a bachelor's degree. <laughs> Thank big, you that's very a big much. Na- that's a big word for a football fan. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I have a university degree. Of course, I'm a football fan. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think fancy fancy words. I think I think think some players are able to go. Nah, nah. I'm going to concentrate on what I'm doing. There is that better. That's more like it. (laughs) Yeah, it comes back to the phrase of "I'm not enjoying my football." Yeah, but I think that a lot of players, like I think Alan Shearer was one of them, because he always goes on about, no, you should be focused. Roy Keane is another one, you know. Yeah, you Roy should be Keane, focused yeah. on your football, and nothing else should matter in life. <laughs> but I, I think that some players are okay. But like people in real life, some people are able to deal with emotional pressure and think, nope, I'm not focusing on that right now. This is what I need to do right now, and they're good at that. Other people are very much like. I'm struggling and I really can't be bothered to do this right now and it shows in, in, in the way they play. Or yeah, I'm really um, not yeah. enjoying this right now. I'm not in a good place. I really don't want to be playing football right now, to be honest with you. I just want to be at home watching Netflix or whatever, <laughs> you know, which I think sometimes we forget as football fans that these people are, you know, they're people too, you know. And and not everyone's exactly the same. I think Lukaku is a very emotional player, you know. 
Like I saw a stat with going back a little bit, but talking about Eddie Bayor, you know, that he is a very good player, but he's very emotional. Like, oh, and, yeah. And yeah, if, you, can, you can tell that. <laughs> yeah, but you can specifically track <laughs> the yeah, seasons that, 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 that he doesn't. Run 90 yards across a pitch to celebrate exactly. someone else's fan. Yeah, but, you know, the, 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 you can actually, someone did the statistics and they can actually track the seasons he's really been, he was really poor, were seasons where something big and emotional happened in his life, like the bus shooting that he was involved in, for instance. His dad dying, for instance. His brother being murdered, for instance. You know, these were these were all big things that happened, and they coincided with seasons where he was very, very poor. How do we get to Adebayor from here? I'm just saying, I'm using it as an example for Lukaku, seems to be a very emotional-style player, that when he doesn't feel loved... And when he doesn't feel, I'll get over it. You know, he can't be bothered. <laughs> you say that, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I, I I'm feel, sure I feel that I'm too. Sure, sure he doesn't feel that loved when he's got three hundred grand. Too sure should have done everything. Sorry, say. I think too sure should have integrated in better. Hundred percent, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with that. that he doesn't want to play. A better job with that. He doesn't want to play to his strengths. No, I mean they've been linked with Raheem Sterling. I think he's more the kind of attacker that Chelsea. This Chelsea team are looking for already. Mm-hmm. I think Lukaku the yeah. team a lot better. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lukaku's an old style centre forward, and Chelsea don't really play with play like that. No, no, I agree. I, I think that you know, like the teams that he succeeded at Everton, West Brom, they they very much played that style of football. It was the same thing when he was at Man U. You know, he wasn't really on it at Man U either because they again they didn't want to play the way he wanted them to play. You know, but then he got to Italy, and he's like the focal point of that whole the, the, the way that Conte wanted to play. But Conte played with two forwards, which is rare in this day and age of football as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, four four two. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, have we got any other underachievers then? Um, United, we said, we said the Man U. I was going to say, yeah, Man U, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, with that team that they had on paper, they should have done way better than they did. Okay, I've got Leicester written down. Okay. I thought they were pretty yep. bang average most well, of the I, season. I had Leicester in my top four. so Yeah, they were pretty disappointing, weren't they, really? Yeah. And I've got Aston Villa as well. Although that can't could uh... possibly be overachievement from the season before. And plus, they did just lose Jake Greenish as well, who most of the output came out from in the last few years. So I think the worst Gerard came yeah, Villa they, turned the corner. Yeah, uh, they were okay. Villa fell into the trap that any team does when they sell their prize asset for a ton load of money. They don't spend it very well. Uh, I think and the, then hope that people that they bring in can replace the impact that that one player had when they were uh, the big fish. None in of the signings really. Caught fire None of them really, really works. Apart from Coutinho, no. I think that was the January. problem for him but, uh, as well is that when some, when people know you've got money, you know you're you tend to be priced out of a lot of moves, or like prices tend it, to be overinflated than what they would be anyway. The Premier League overpay for players anyway. I mean, I agree with that hundred percent. I got, mean, yeah, we've got far too much money, so the the foreign clubs want a big piece of that money because that's probably their annual budget. Mm-hmm for a lot of it or it pays for their star player for a year yeah and um, so we we always end up overpaying but Villa just like I said like every team that suddenly for lack of a better phrase comes into money they just didn't spend it very well mm-hmm. 
they feel like they have to spend it, don't they? Rather than yeah, getting flashbacks to a little bit like what Newcastle did in January. Yeah, Spurs did when we sold Bale. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But I don't know. I think Villa did all right. I wouldn't really. Yeah. If they don't kick on next season and they, they finish in yeah, they should be again, trying to yeah, you'd get probably, a top ten you'd finish. Call, you'd call them an underachiever at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they should be aiming for the top half of the league specifically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I can I put forward PSG? Um, PSG PSG will always underachieve because they're PSG. And Sorry, they, I'm they just going to stop you don't... for a second, feeling. Say that again, please, Tom. They won the league. The French league. The one that didn't win <laughs> the season before. Yeah, but like, how many out of the past fifteen <laughs> years? How many have they won? Uh, a lot of them. Uh, yeah, who cares then? Eleven, I think. Yeah, winning the league or the French Cup means nothing. To and the they history. did lose the eventual Champions League winners. Yeah, but they, that, I this, don't care. No, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> they blew it though, didn't they? Yeah. They, they blew it. This yeah. they should have been they, they completely capitulated. They, they should have blew it. seen that game out high and dry. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're too reliant on older players um, and. They're not a team. They're just they're just a bunch of individuals. I think that they were better this transfer window, though. I know that they signed obviously Ramos and and. and I mean, on paper that's impressive, but yeah. In in reality, but not I think so much. that they would. I think that they were better. They went out and got a decent goalkeeper. You know, they they who was terrible in the Champions League. Yeah, for some reason he just completely bombed. But they, I think that they recruited better. Rather than just no. going for the Galacticos approach. Oh, yeah, no, I'll agree with that. But my my pushback to that is there's a reason why Donnarumma left AC Milan for free. I think yeah, he had a pretty impressive. I mean, Ramos barely played for injury. When Alden barely played. Yeah. Uh, Messi was yeah rubbish pretty much for in the Champions League awful. anyway. Again, I don't think he's particularly happy with his situation. Probably not, no. But he's going to have to make the better of it next season. Yeah, but you you talk about like Lukaku not wanting to leave in at Milan and going to Chelsea. They said the club didn't didn't want him. Mm -hmm. Messi stood in a press conference and said he did everything he could to try and stay at Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. I get he was upset. I get it. He could have stayed at Barcelona for 50 grand a week and still stayed as part of that team. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to agree to cut. He said, "Oh, I agreed to cut my salary in half." So you you still want half a million pound a week from a team that can't pay you half a million pound? If you really want to stay there, you've got you make so much money from your own image that you know fifty, a hundred grand a week. I think that there was Barcelona. some sort of legal thing with regards to that, though. There was an issue with his contract. Uh, that's right. Yeah, they weren't allowed to pay him nothing or something like yeah. that. But it wasn't legally allowed. But then, if he's yeah, willing, I get what you're saying. Point. If he's willing to play for nothing, surely they could have paid him like one euro <laughs> or something like that, right? Yeah. He, he stood or on minimum a wage. He did everything he could. To nine nine euro right. seventy an hour or something like that. But, yeah. <laughs> but and he's gone to PSG where he's earning a million quid a week. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that tells me what I need to know about that, like message mentality. He did not. If he really wanted to stay in Barcelona and didn't want to go to PSG, he could have made it happen. But he decided to go to PSG and take a million pound a week. Should he have gone to City with Guardiola? Do you think? 
do you think he would have enjoyed his time more with Guardiola? No. No? Because Guardiola would have still have expected him to to play the Guardiola way. Guardiola is not going to change his philosophy to bring Messi in. Mm-hmm. And that's what United did with Ronaldo. And that's why it all went to pop. Uh, so I don't think he would have done that. Possibly more to soften the blow because he knows Guardiola. But yeah. I, still, I still think he yeah, would have been upset it. and disappointed about it. Yeah. But, but uh, it, he, from it a, wouldn't have made him a better player. I don't necessarily mean from a better player, but it might have made him a happier player because at least he'd be Maybe. with someone that he knows very well. He's with someone that he knows loves him, basically, you know, like sees him as like a son, mm. you know. Well, if if I was PS, PSG, I'd get rid of Neymar. What's he done for them? Well, really? if they, I reckon if they bring Zidane in, because that's what's rumoured to go in yeah. there, he mm. might make that team a Champions League uh, winner because he'll, he'll instantly command the respect in the entire dressing room. Yeah. And they'll actually, listen, they'll actually listen to him because I think that's part of the issue with Poch. To to the to those superstars, he hadn't won anything. Yeah, he'd, he'd managed he'd managed Tottenham, and yeah. now he's going to tell these bunch of multi-million, many caps, wonder players how to play football. I always thought it was a bad decision for him to go there. Anyway, I I, I did um, not think it was a good fit. It was a romantic decision for him. Just cause he played yeah, because he played yeah. PSG before. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but he played a different Sudan PSG. Didn't oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't suit, didn't suit PSG style to play. You talk about playing player strengths. Potts really didn't do that. I mean, you, at one point you had Messi playing defensive midfield. Really? Back. Does he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, well, he's getting so, old, you know. You've got to like... That front, that front three will... needs to work hard, though, if they're going to win the Champions League. That's for sure. But Zidane will get, Zidane will get that out of them because they'll Maybe. respect... And listen to what he's got to say. And yeah, Zidane's I way of playing football is very have, simple. Yeah, he'll have he'll have more instant respect going in because it's like, oh, it's Zidane. You know, he's won World Cups, he's won Champions Leagues himself as a player and a manager. I yeah. think he'll have instantaneously more success. But there have been play- people that have gone in there who have also won stuff that haven't succeeded. I say succeeded oh, yeah, not, but, because you know, like winning the French League, is, yeah, that's what succeeded means to PSG now. I think, doesn't it? You know, well, I don't, I don't just think it's it's not necessarily because he's like as you said, his managers been that have won that have been successful, but he they're never gonna never gonna get Neymar respect mm-hmm. as it were because Neymar sees himself bigger than the club. Mbappe now clearly sees himself as bigger than the club. Messi. Will see himself bigger than PSG, but nobody's going to see themselves bigger than Zidane. The man is a legend. Yeah, surely he's going to come on respect. Surely. All I'm going to say though is, don't ever underestimate a footballer's ability to be a prima donna. (laughs) Oh God, no! Oh God, we've seen it many times. Yeah. So I would be very much inclined to believe that they'll be all respectful, but given a few dodgy results and all of a sudden they'll be like, this guy doesn't really know anything. He doesn't know how to play. He doesn't know my strengths or anything, you know? Like, yeah. what does he and we know? all know footballers could be prima donnas. Yeah, exactly. So that's all I would say. Uh, you got any more? No pressure. I've got nothing. I'm happy to move on to the next Okay. Um, Feeling, you got any more, any more shouts or no, anything? No, I've had my rant. <laughs> okay, fair enough, no problem. So, what, what's what's next up for you guys? Uh, what about signing of the season? Who do you think was worth the money of this last season? Um, 
I am going to say, as much as it pains me to say it, uh, Luis Diaz at Liverpool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a great signing. Yeah. Gutting signing. I mean, we're not talking yeah, through the whole season, but signing. as a January transfer, that was a very good piece of business. I mean, if you've put in, um, I mean, yeah, he's he's obviously hit the ground running, hasn't he? Um, Such yeah. an exciting player to watch. Such an exciting He is, though. He is an exciting player to watch. And um, I'm guessing, you know, Liverpool knew that they are going to lose Mane and, or Salah or both soon, so they had to replace him and this guy looks the, yeah. the real deal at the moment, anyway. I mean, yeah, it could be a flash in the pan. I don't think so, though. Cause, I don't see it either. Yeah, the, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem to have been luck. You know, it seems to have been no, like, you know, genuine skill and talent that's that's done that. Um, yeah, 100%. I mean, we we spoke about him earlier, Ericsson, from his comeback, from yeah. where he was to, to yep, how definitely. he finished the season. I think that that's not just good for Brentford, but it was good as a personal thing for him as well. It shows, you know, I've st- I can still do it, you know. Like, I have a statistic about Ericsson. He created the third most chances in the Premier League from his debut for Brentford to the end of the season. That's yeah, uh, insane. Goes back to the point I made earlier, doesn't it? Pretty good. Mm. Um, it's saying, almost like you know what you're talking team. about, isn't it? <laughs> eh, funny that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Newcastle made some pretty good signings in January as well, didn't they? Yeah, Chris Wood yeah, was amazing. Yeah, no, not him. Uh, Gimaresh <laughs> and Trippier, I was thinking more of, but yeah, not uh, Chris Wood. <laughs> Trippier spent most of it. Stopgap yeah. signing, really, wasn't he? Ooh. No offence, but yeah. yeah no, I, 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 <laughs> it was just a weird signing, I thought. And he scored one goal, didn't he, for Newcastle, I think? Did he? I don't even know if he scored that. Did he? It was a penalty, <laughs> wasn't it, I think? Didn't he score oh, a penalty or something? Probably. One know. thing I will say, though, it significantly weakened Burnley to the oh, point of being relegated. Oh, God, yeah. Burnley, yeah. That was the worst thing that could have happened to Burnley. Yeah. Yeah. So, from yeah, that 100%. perspective. And then they brought in, and then the player they brought in did nothing. Yeah, they caused to. And you're going to go for the goals as well, didn't you? Yeah, I think. Did he even score? He no, he scored, yeah, I remember him scoring yeah, once yeah. at least, yeah. But I, I think it was only one or two. Um. I think throughout the whole season, the best signing, without doubt, was Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> um, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Um, uh, Ronaldo as well, I'd say. Is... I think Ronaldo... <laughs> no, I'm not giving you Ronaldo. I'm not giving no? you Ronaldo. No? Third top scorer no. in the league, mate. It destabilised that United team. It's the reason why they finished seven. But third top scorer in the league, that's pretty good. Okay, okay. Ronaldo's a selfish person. He'll always, always score goals. I think I think Ronaldo is a pretty decent signing for them. I, um, I, I think that that will serve them quite well going forward. Um, I think the, 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 the problem was is that they were now so top-heavy that they just... I mean, that, that midfield was... We've said this so many times. That midfield was appalling. Yep. It was, it was so bang average, and they had so many quality players up front, but no one to do anything behind them, you know? I mean, you say their best midfield players are all defensive midfielders, aren't they? I mean, and even what? they're getting all old. No, no. But if you look at that whole midfield, if you look at that whole midfield, right. They've got more. They've got better. Def- they've got more better defensive midfielders than they have attacking midfielders. You got Bruno Fernandez, um, 
And then what? Paul Pogba. But then where does Paul Pogba play? Does anyone know where Paul Pogba yeah. plays? Yeah, he's playing nowhere at the moment. Uh, in the dressing room because he's yeah. always freaking injured. So then, so then, so then, there you go. You've got you've got um, I mean, Matic, I, right. Fred, McTominay. Not good. I didn't say that they were good, but I'm saying that they're their they're their best midfielders. Consistent starters. That says a lot, I guess. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Is that right, their yeah, best. I, I, Midfielders are all defensive midfielders, mm. and even they're not. No, 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 Rich. Yeah. Their only midfielders are defensive midfielders outside yeah. of Fernandez. It's not I think even a case of player, but I don't think he's Man United standard. Uh, McTominay, I think he's a decent player, but he's not Man United standard. He's not. Yeah, he's like mid-table standard. Everton. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Aston West Ham, somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I don't. Probably where you should probably get the Newcastle, to be fair. Probably, probably will. They're going to sign up everyone, I imagine, aren't they? Well, they've been very quiet so far, haven't they? Yeah, I can't remember any signings they've made so far. I haven't even seen them linked with many people. They're trying to sign some uh, French striker, aren't they? Some Whose French name striker. I can't pronounce, and I'm not going to attempt to butcher <laughs> it either. Something, was it foot? Something foot, isn't it? Begins with, it certainly begins with an E, but it's not the same way. So I'm not going to butcher his name. Like footy something or something. Uh, yeah, I, I think that if they get their midfield sorted out, I think Ronaldo is a pretty decent signing for them because I think he will guarantee them at least some goals. And if he can score that many goals in a team that that that's that crap, <laughs> maybe if they get some decent players in around him, I'm interested yeah. to see if Van der Beek actually starts picking a bit up now. Mm, now that he's maybe. got someone who believes in him a little bit more, you know, maybe because he was um, good in that Ajax team. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but I still think Aaron like Ramsdale is the signing of the season. Yeah, I find it hard to argue uh, with that um, for the whole season. Definitely, um, uh, I've got one. Yeah, Corella at uh, Brighton. Uh, Cucurella, yeah, that's a good show. He's supposed to be going to Man City, isn't he? Supposedly, yeah. Oh, but right. he would be, but like, if you're talking about the whole season, he's probably another one that really helped. Yeah, that's a good show. Brian Burger up the table. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a pretty, and he's got a cool name, better than Ramsdale. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't really uh, debate that. Um, I've only got a couple more names written down. I've got Conor Gallagher at Palace. Uh, I mean, that was only a loan signing, wasn't only it? Only a loan, yeah. That yeah. was a good signing. And uh, the Wolves goalkeeper, uh, Jose Sarr. Started a bit dodgy, I think, though. I remember early on in the season, it was a bit like, oh, he's no Rui Patricio, is he? But, but I think he settled. Yeah, after pretty that. well. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's only, again, I know it's only half a season, but can I put forward Kulisewski? Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was decent. I think Tottenham completely turned a corner when he came in as well. I think we 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 were floundering a little bit, and then when he got into the team, yeah, he's looked like a decent player. Yeah, any else? Anyone else? Helps us get over Diaz. <laughs> yeah, I still think Diaz would have been a better signing. But, <laughs> yeah, I'll hundred percent. I'm not going to argue that point, but, but kind of they kind of made they covered their bases with that one. Yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. think I think he he. Came in and proved me wrong. I was I was very much when he came in, but, but yeah, took me like three weeks to learn how to say his name. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's not a bad shout, Ramsdale. I think that that's a fairly decent shout. 
Um, I, I expected him to be terrible, really. I didn't know what we were doing signing him, but he proved me wrong. Considering he'd been relegated the past two seasons, yeah, then, yeah, it was it was made some outstanding saves throughout the season. The free kick, that free kick against Leicester was an outrageous. Yeah, against Leicester he was pretty good. Against Man United he was pretty good as well. Um, but yeah. I mean, you and I were saying that we think he's put himself in the shop window for number one, England number one, don't we? You know, well, definitely. I think he was way better than Pickford this season. I He's a better goalkeeper than Pickford, 100%. Yeah. But he ain't going to be number one. No. No. I know you weren't happy about him in the Hungary uh, game. No, we I was not. Earlier, and he oh, was, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. We were talking uh, earlier and he was very, very disrespectful. Said all sorts of things about his mum and oh, okay, right. <laughs> no, he was just saying that he was just saying he was very he was very poor in that game. I didn't see the game, so I can't comment. I tend to disagree with feeling. I think that I think that one of the goals he was pretty poor for. The rest, it wasn't really anything to do with him. It was just a poor England performance, to be honest with you. So, but based on this season, I still think that he's done better than Pickford. Oh yeah, oh, Pickford did. All right, at the end of the season, they made probably one of the best saves I've seen for a long time against Chelsea. Can we move on to worst signing? Yeah, yeah. You feel? I think there's probably more material in that, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> well, I'll be very I said I'll be very disappointed if you guys don't if we don't all have the same worst signing of the season. I mean, is it even worth talking about Lukaku? We already talked about. I mean, like we've talked minutes. about him in depth, haven't we? Yeah, I should we just yeah. move on? Should we all agree that he was the worst signing? Yeah, and move, and move on. on. Yeah. So who else? Who else was terrible this this season? Signing Jack wise. Grealish. I mean, I did say at the start of the season when you asked, you know, best and worst signings. I I I said that that's a very difficult question to answer because best is always really easy, you know, because you can look at him and go, he had a great season. But worst is always a bit subjective. Let's say, like, I would say if you've got a price tag of the most expensive British signing, you know, then you need to put forward yourself in a way that shows that. I think, and I don't think he quite lived up to that expectation. No, I I, I get the criticisms, but I don't don't think he had a bad season. No, I don't think he was that bad. I think, I don't think he had a hundred million pound season. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't think he had a bad season. What do you reckon? I'm going to respectfully disagree with everything. <laughs> <Okay>. Fair enough. <laughs> um, it, he, just, he just didn't apply himself. And, you know, metrics were, all, were very poor. His attitude on the pitch looked very poor. He got upstaged by Raheem Sterling the whole season. Um, but can I just say, sorry, just on that be, front... Could be relied upon. On that front... I think Raheem Sterling is massively underrated yeah. in that Man City team. I, I I think that he is a outstanding player, and he doesn't seem to get that credit enough. And I I would pick him in my team over Grealish any day of the week personally. Yeah, I agree. But um, I think he was he wasn't starting as much last season, Sterling. Though. No, for some reason, because I guess when you spend a hundred million pounds on someone, you kind of need to play them, don't you? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and, sorry, and that's carry on. the thing. I think he was signed to replace Sterling and and didn't do the job. I mean, even like the stats of being the most foul player that disappeared. He just he just seemed to just stop doing anything of particular note. I think he had like what 
four assists all season. Yeah, his stats weren't good. Uh, they, they if you look at that City team, it was built the way that you know Grealish plays football, the way that he looks forward, the way he tries to create chances. It was almost built for him, mm-hmm. and he just didn't turn up. Just didn't perform. But now they've got Haaland. Do you think things will be different? Yeah. Um, only if he only if he decides to try and actually want to play in that City team and do what Guardiola wants him to do. Guardiola won't trust you. He won't play you. Hmm. And that was evident at the end of the season. He didn't play a bit. He didn't play really in any of the running games. True. And that's a damning indictment of a player that supposedly cost a hundred. Well, supposedly it did cost a hundred million pounds. Mm-hmm. And you didn't you didn't make it off the bench in any of the fine running games of the season. The biggest, most important games, you didn't make it off the bench. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean. I still think that there are players that probably had a worse season. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I think that your argument simply comes from my argument at the beginning of the season that with that price tag, he has to have a barnstormer of a season. Um, And I just don't think he did. And I think that's where that assessment comes from. Yeah. Like, if he cost 30 million, you probably wouldn't be saying how terrible a signing he was. You'd be like, eh, he's pretty average, to be honest with you. Um, I think the fact that he went for the price that he went for, when they could have got Kane and didn't for that reason, then you probably look at it a little bit more and think, yeah, that was a poor decision. Possibly, yeah. But now they've got Haaland. Especially when you compare it with like Luis Diaz, who costs like three point, like nearly forty five percent of the price. Yeah, forty million. The maybe? output of both players. Yeah, something like that. And you look at the output of both players. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I I don't think that he had anywhere near. But going back to the whole most foul player stat, I hated that stat. Anyway. That was a <laughs> stupid stat. That means nothing. It just means you're very bad at getting out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've always found that stat, stat stupid, though. There are so many stats that I find stupid. Do you know that in the month of April, when the 14th landed on a Sunday, that um, Romelu Lukaku has only had six touches inside the opponent's... Who gives a Shut up! These stats are... You know, I, some of these stats that they come up with... Like, reminded me of that Lukaku game against Palace when he only touched the ball six times in the yeah. whole game. Until right. those was to kick off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hilarious. But that isn't necessarily a stat that matters, though, because I remember there was a game where Michael Owen only had 10 touches and he scored two goals. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter how many touches you have. It all depends on where the touches are and how yeah. like, efficient they Because you're just having a bad time with it. That's, yeah, anyway, that's why it. they pulled that stat up. Yeah. It's like the whole, you know, like, they only talk about how, oh, wow, you don't have to have like 900% possession of the ball to win a game. That's crazy, you know, when someone only wins, when, when they win a game with only like 30% possession. You know, it's like, it's, these are the only stats that they actually care about when something, when it backs up their argument that they're having a bad game. If he'd had six touches in the game and scored a hat-trick, guarantee you they wouldn't have been mentioning it. No, they'd have mentioned he had six touches and scored a hat-trick, how efficient he was with what he did. Yeah. Like, look how great he was with the ball. He knew exactly what he was doing every time he got the ball. You know, but yeah. But anyway, bad signing is more of a feeling. 
sometimes. Okay, I've got one more to throw out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go on. And then, I'm go- and then I'm gonna probably take my headphones out of my ear because you lot are about to lambast me for it. Jaden Sancho. Oh, I'd agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd agree. But I think Ooh, that that's a symptom bucket. of, like I was saying before, where Man U had so many players up front that they didn't really know what to do with them. Yeah. Uh, and then they had no one else of quality behind them that could actually do anything with them. And I think Jaden Sancho was a, a victim of that. Yeah, my argument is they chased him for 18 months, signed him and ended up with him. Yeah, I found yeah. that really weird. It's like, oh, we want you, we need you. Oh, I'm so desperate to have you. Right, go sit on the bench. Did the same with Van der Beek, though, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Just... But they didn't chase him for 18 months. Yeah, true. It's just weird, poor recruitment. Like, you know, it just, you know. I mean, if you look at the players that they had up top, they had some quality players. I mean, you know, there was there was some, we said this before, There's some there's some quality there. But they just didn't know what to do with them. It was just like, well, who, who's, who do we play? How, how do we play them? Where do we play them? You know, it was just yeah. like I was really surprised that Lingard didn't have more of a look in because he had a great end of the end of the season with West Ham the season before. Yeah, he should have stuck around. Yeah, at West Ham, you yeah. would have thought, but you would have thought they'd be like keen keen to maximise that. You know. That run of form, that bit of hunger that he's got, you know, but and then Rashford just completely disappeared. Yeah, he was dreadful, wasn't he? Yeah. Um yeah. So I got one more name to throw at you. Yeah. Didn't mention him earlier. Day Alley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean to be fair, that wasn't a full season one though, was it? But No, but they signed him in January for like almost the same amount of Luis Diaz course. Uh, do you before. wanna do you wanna fill us in on this feeling? Because we yeah. had the same discussion yeah. earlier. Go on. There was no, there was no upfront fee for Deli Ali. He technically left Tottenham on a free transfer. Oh, really? Okay. Every, the money, the money that Everton are going to pay are built into goals and appearances. I don't even know if it's appearances. It might even be built into minutes. Okay. <laughs> so they didn't actually pay any money upfront for Deli Ali. Okay. It's still a terrible signing, though, isn't it? I mean, but it's still yeah, a terrible signing. Terrible and signing, did Spurs yeah. no favours because we got no money for actually letting him go when we left, when we let three other, two other midfielders plus him go. This is what but, I'm yeah, saying. It's really, think, really, really strange deal. Why I think West um, Everton aren't playing him because they don't want to pay the fees for him. Oh, maybe. He only started one game, didn't he? That was the last game yeah. when they were already that was safe. the last game of the season, a, lot of yeah. substitute, a couple yeah. of substitutes. It shows how much faith they have in him, doesn't they? But maybe they Frank... an FA Cup game, actually, as well. Maybe yeah. Frank was told... Don't play him that much because then we've got to give Tottenham... Why like, sign him then million. in the first place? Ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus. But that's a damning diamond of Everton as a team, really. Good deal for Spurs, right? though. I mean, if... No, I mean, it it's a bad deal for Spurs. We've yeah. we, we got no money in January for it. Okay. I mean, I guess it depends how you look at it. I mean, we got him off the wage book, but then how much wages was he really... Yeah. Right, well, okay. We, well, if you're happy with that... Are you happy with that? With to move on? Or? Yeah, I'm happy to move on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you got anything else you want to talk about? or? Uh, we've got player of the season. Yeah, I want to hear Tom's idea. Being an Arsenal fan, I want to hear what he says. Okay. Well, best player of the season. Oh, Bukayo Saka, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Um, Salah, obviously. No. No. Ooh. Son. Son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. 100%. <laughs> 100%. No, you're not feeling that? I think uh, I think 
first and foremost, it's very difficult to distinguish those two because they both finished as top scorer. Yep. So I think that's particularly hard to pick one over the other. I have. I can. I got an argument for that. Yeah, go on then. Salah did it all at the start of the season, did nothing at the end, whereas Song was fairly consistent all the way through. I mean, After I would say Salah that lost was a... in the AFCON final, he wasn't the same player coming no, back. No, I'd agree with that. Like 50, he was already on like 15 goals by December, January sort of time, and then kind of when Liverpool needed him the most at the end of the season to maintain that title challenge, he disappeared. Yeah, fair enough. Whereas yeah. Son was kind of there all the way through, always scoring goals. I mean, he carried Spurs under Nuno for those first nine games. He was the only one putting the ball in the net. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of my argument. And he scored 23 goals with no penalties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was actually going to say, if you'd let me finish, um, I was going like, to say that... Uh, I'm animated about this one. <laughs> that um, I'd agree that I think Salah was pretty good at the start of the season and very quiet towards the end of the season. I was going to agree with that. But I disagree with you saying that Son was consistent for the whole year because there was a period where he was like out for like a while, wasn't there? I'm not sure, but he did hit a massive purple patch the last two months. Yeah, yeah, there was a big purple patch towards the end of the season. I don't necessarily think that he was consistent throughout the whole no. season. It's very difficult for one player to be consistent throughout that whole season. But I do but I, I do find it impressive that yeah, that was what, twenty three goals without any penalties. Yeah. That's that's so impressive. That's impressive, yeah, definitely. Any other contenders we want to throw in there? The poor winner, obviously. Yeah, but I wanna kinda of steer clear of the obvious one. Yeah. Like you, you wanna look for the one that kind of went like under the hey, at, at Brighton again, you know, we talked about signings the player of the season makes a big difference to that team I would like to put yeah. through forward Jared Bowen yep he's on my list I think that's he a, had yeah, a pretty outstanding season yeah yeah. and then Conor Gallagher Conor Gallagher as well yeah considering yeah. the teams that they were playing for as well I think that that's why I tend to lean more towards players like that than like De Bruyne or Salah or someone like that I mean I would I would Say Son, but then I'd be accused of bias. Uh, so <laughs> I, I would, I would like to go for the yeah. players at the at the smaller. Sorry, sorry, quote unquote smaller clubs. So I would say players like Jared Bowen, Conor Gallagher. I think we're very good. Think of too many other players. No, I'd probably agree with your with your kind of top. Five. If you if you were to make that like a top five, I'd mm-hmm. probably agree with that. I think Trent was very good for the whole season, despite people questioning his defensive abilities. I don't really know why he was I getting don't... so slandered at the start of the season. It's like, why are you like, watching a different sport to other people? Sometimes I feel I like that. Like Everyone all of a sudden was like, yeah, he's been rubbish, isn't he? It was like, really? He was like, great, like two months ago. What's happened? <laughs> you know, like, you know, yeah, I don't know. I found that very odd, to be honest with you. I mean, in terms of assists, he's an assist machine, really. Just Trent has a habit of just falling asleep. Yeah, I mean, Champions League final, obviously. Yeah, and just in, just he just like he did it for England as well in the first game against Hungary. He just fell asleep, just, just disappeared. All I say is, look how old he is. Still very like young. Six. Is he? Yeah, yeah 20, 25. 20. He's not that old. I think he's like twenty. I was going to say 22, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, we'll Google this. 
I might be thinking of Andy Robertson. He's a bit older. I yeah, Andy Robertson's older. older. I know that. Yeah. 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 I might have got the two ages mixed up. Yeah. He's, he's 23. There you go. So, okay. Yeah. But he's still got a little yeah, bit of you... time to quash those mistakes, hasn't he? Mm. So, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. So, what about manager of the season then? There's quite a few contenders, I think. I mean, apart from the obvious ones. Potter at Brighton. Yeah, he's got to be out there, isn't he? It pains me to say him, though, because he's, he's one of the there's a right way to play football people, and I hate <laughs> bigging people like that up. Yeah, I get it, but they, they finished ninth in the league. That's pretty good for Brighton, isn't it? Yeah, Moyes. and I'm going to put probably yeah, Comte again, I'd well, say, definitely. Yeah. Jobby, like, turning us around and stuff. See, again, I'm reluctant to say Conte. Because I think if you say Conte, then you have to say Arteta. And I really don't want to say Arteta. I wouldn't say Arteta. Arteta didn't join the team mid, didn't join us mid, didn't join in the team mid season. Um, <laughs> yeah, Conte right didn't really join wanna... the team in mid season either, did he? I mean, he, he basically joined in the summer and we were just waiting for Nuno to f up, basically, weren't we? And go and get the right <laughs> um, man that we should have got all along. Yeah, fair point. I'll give you that. That's I just... don't have Arteta written down, actually. I think if we got Champions League, oh yeah, then yes, absolutely. But I have got Conte written down because I think that he did his objective, which was get Spurs Champions League. So he's got to be on there. Okay. Um, I've got one for you that's a little bit out of left field. Uh, Patrick Vieira. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think that he, he, I had Palace to go down. Uh, and I think that he completely proved me wrong. And good on him. Well done. Yeah. As an Arsenal fan, I was very happy to see. Uh, <coughs> Fiera do well this season. Pretty much throughout the whole season, really. Yeah, I, I think that consistently pretty decent. Consistently good, yeah. Considering the squad that he's got, the amount of money he's got available to him. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree wholeheartedly with that. I think that he had a great season. Played um, a more exciting style at times as well. Yeah. Yeah, because they had that concern about moving on from Hodgson, who, you know, established them and then, you know, try and take that next step. And Fiera yeah. plays as you say, a very different way, and I think he did one hell of a job there with that team. Eddie Howe. Proved me wrong. Yeah, well, I think mean, he proved yeah, me I wrong. Think, yeah, I think, I think he proved a lot of people. I think he proved everybody wrong, to be fair. Let's see how much he can keep it going, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They've got to take their next step now, haven't they? So. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all well and good doing what he's done. Good for him. But now, with the money they've got, he needs to, he needs to prove he's not a Mark Hughes, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I'd go with that. I would, I would put Eddie Howe with an asterisk next to it. Yeah, I mean the objective last season was very clear: stay up, which he yeah. did comfortably. Yeah. But what's the objective next yeah. season? I'm assuming they're going to want Europe, right? Conference League is probably what I would say. Somewhere in Europe, yeah. At least yeah. challenging for it. I don't know, man. Yeah. I think they're going to want it. They're realistic. It should be at least challenging for it. When have you ever accused any football team <laughs> ever of being realistic? Yeah, I know. Blackburn I know. will be in the Champions League. They were. Yeah. Arsenal not when they, they wanted them oh, to, though. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anything else yeah, you want to... Um, yeah, Thomas Frank at Brentford, obviously. And uh, Bruno Large at Wolves. Both pretty good. Wouldn't be the top one for me. I think over the season it's probably uh, Potter or Vieira, apart from the obvious Klopp and Guardiola ones. Yeah, apart from yeah. the obvious, but I don't like yeah, if you, counting the obvious. Yeah, if you go to Richard's point of staying yeah. outside the obvious. 
Yeah, I'd I'd say I'd say Moyes, uh, Potter, Vieira would be my to my yeah, top three top choices. Three, yeah, and Moyes is trying to turn West Ham into the new Everton, isn't he? Basically, yeah. Which which is I fine. mean, I'm sure West Ham will get annoyed with eventually because football <laughs> fans are stupid. They are, you know. Oh well, we should be challenging for the league, shouldn't we? <laughs> We're synonymous with 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 successful, sexy football. <laughs> Oh, don't I, I hate football fans, and and I don't care if they can if they hear me saying this. <laughs> they annoy me so much sometimes. We're a fickle breed. Well, being a football fan as I am, that I'm always super pessimistic, and I personally wouldn't care if Tottenham were boring, boring Tottenham, and we won, you know, trophies. I personally would not care if we were the dullest team to watch in the history of football. If we were winning stuff. That wouldn't bother me. Oh, of course not. But so it annoys me when teams that are punching way above their weight start pissing and moaning about the quality of football on display. Because it's like, dude, <laughs> shut up! You were in like League <laughs> One a few years ago. Get over it, you know. Like, yeah. So shut up! I love that. Oh, I'm just yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a cynical football fan. I am. Yeah. Is there anyone <laughs> else for say. us to add? Um, I'm happy if you guys are happy. Yeah, no, I'd say I think we fairly we pretty much agree on that. Yeah, oh, I mean, I could say just manager of the season. I don't think there's many many uh, candidates. Well, for I that. think Cisco's going to win that straight away. He's, uh, he's the first Benitez. manager fired. It's got to be definitely Benitez. Or uh, Ranić. I don't know if he was the worst manager of the season. He was probably he was definitely the worst fit. Because he was never going to be accepted there. It was just a poison move, really. It was a stupid, stupid move. move yeah. Why would you go yeah. as an ex Liverpool manager? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were yeah. never going to give happen. you the time of day, were they? They were. It was as nah. soon as you didn't bring them success, they were going to be like getting out. Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Nuno. Yeah, Nuno is a bit of a flop. But I think the problem is, is when you basically make it clear you were the only person left you know you're never really gonna yeah ouch. like yeah it's never really gonna go well is it you know like when when you when you interview with half the teams in the league for a job and then you end up at spurs because you're the only per- person it's not just that it's kind of just when the when the team interviews half the people in the league and then you're the only one left <laughs> as well i think it's a marriage made in hell basically isn't it like when we're both like oh well well, we're both settling, aren't we? So, you know, it's never really going to go anywhere, is it? And I think that it was, yeah, when I when I heard that. Like a, I said, it's like a theme park negotiation where the hands try and get close. Oh, to the yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I never knew how to play that game initially. And I always used to be like, what's the point of this? And I used to just put my hand all the way out when I first started playing. <laughs> but then I learned. You gotta go forward, pull back, go forward, pull, or, 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 you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, it worked out for Spurs in the end, I did. In the know. end, yeah, but like I said, it was just wasted time. Yeah, it was a calamity it? to get there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've just got Ranjik and Solskjaer. I'm not really thinking of anyone else to add, really. Still pretty average, really, this season, wasn't it? There was not really any standout that you'll be like, oh, he was awful. Yeah. Um, Bielsa. Oh, yeah, Bielsa. No, uh, he is the greatest <laughs> manager of all time. I would say Benitez is if I had to pick one. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I, I mean, just wanted Richard's reaction to that. That's all I wanted. I would pick, uh, like I said, Cisco, mainly for the fact that earlier on today, I forgot he was even there this season. <laughs> you know, 
Like, I, I literally forgot this person existed. Yeah. I think that that's a pretty damning indictment, personally. <laughs> but there's another big yeah, word for you, yeah, indictment. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah, is, yeah. 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 Okay, so we we good with that? We happy? Yeah, yeah I'm good with that. Okay, yeah. so that was our review of the 21-22 season. Uh, stick with us for, for more interesting things to come. We're going to be talking about the World Cup in the next couple of weeks, uh, the Women's Euros, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll start making our um, predictions for next season. A little bit of a review for the upcoming season. Um, and there'll be plenty more to come besides that. Not going for us to win the league. Hopefully. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be really interesting. I'd really but then I'd also as a Tottenham fan be really annoyed by the fact that Nottingham Forest can win the league and we can't. Put my European Cup winners, mate. Yeah, but like <laughs> how long ago? Yeah. Okay, so um this is a uh, another segment that we've already gone through before, guys. So you're going to oh. have to pretend that you've never listened to me telling you all of this before, okay? Because I didn't want to go and research two completely different players again. So I'm just going to use the same research that we did last time. But this is a Hall of Fame segment that we're going to do at the end of every episode where I put forward to my two uh, fantastic guests, uh, two players in a similar position, and they have to choose which one will go into our Sacked in the Morning Hall of Fame. So, gentlemen, like I said, you have heard these before, but I want you to ooh and ah and 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 drool over the fact that um, you've never heard these before. All right? <laughs> can I? Can can you? Can you uh, promise me? That? I can do that. Fantastic. Feeling? No, I like I like I like to have a rant and an argument, so I can do that no problem. Right, okay, good, good. I'm very glad. So, this first week, uh, it is a goalkeeper choice because I was a goalkeeper, Phelan was a goalkeeper, and goalkeepers win you points. Very underrated, and considering you I've, think that I've one played of, in goal before, you also think that one of the best signings, the best signing of the season, was a goalkeeper. I so, did. Yeah, so yeah, proves how much it can be. It can be very important to you. So, the age-old '90s question of Peter Schmeichel. Versus David Seaman. I'm going to say Schmeichel. Yeah, but you haven't heard yet. Shut up. (laughs) You're supposed to pretend like you haven't heard this yet. (laughs) You already said what players were putting up against each other, though. Yeah. But here we go, lads. Peter Schmeichel, born in Gladsax, Denmark, on the 18th of November, 1963, to parents Inga, who was a nurse, and Polish jazz musician, Anthony. He started playing at the age of eight, uh, and after a second uh, two-and-a-half-year unbeaten run, he joined BK Hero, one of the largest youth setups in Denmark. That's a good name for a team. Great name for a team. Yeah. It is, yeah. In Burger King, King Hero. Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It maybe it does stand for Burger King. It might be a sponsor. I wonder if they had to wear the crowns before each game. Oh, that would be great. And those those really ridiculous big heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike's gone. Where you gone? Mic drop. Oh, Mike no, drop. he's back. You back? We oh, can't hear can't you. can't hear you. One second. Oh, oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, sorry, two seconds. He needs to have right. a life. Let him have friends. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, go on, continue, mate. Well, he's not. He's not there. He can. He's, he's... Yeah, I'm. Mu- I'm. 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 I'm muted. Yeah, I know you're muted, on. but you're not yeah, listening. Yeah. Oh, or are you just I've got headphones you... in? Yeah, I've. I've also heard all this before. <laughs> um, yeah. In 1987, he signed for Bromby. Um, if winning the Danish title in his first season, if winning the title, oh, Bromby IF, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> You might want to re-record this. <laughs> yeah, let's let's take it from the top. Uh, in 1987, he signed for Bromby IF, winning Danish title in his first season. He made his international debut that same year and being selected for the 1988 European Championships. He played for Bromby until 1991, winning four Danish championships and reaching the UEFA Cup semi-finals, keeping seven clean sheets along the way. He signed for Manchester United in August the same year for £505,000, a price described by Sir Alex Ferguson as the bargain of the century. Michael would be... Yeah, uh, probably like £60 million now. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much did Kepa go for? Seventy-five. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there you go. Well, I like reminding Chelsea of that. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they in the market for a new goalkeeper as well now? Are they? Yeah, I've seen that they're in the market for another goalkeeper. I think so. Okay. So they're basically going to yeah. push Kepa to third choice. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'd be funny. It's going to be brilliant. Um, Schmeichel would be a runner-up in his first season, uh, as well as winning the League Cup with Manchester United. At the end of the season, uh, he would go on to win Euro 92, as uh, Denmark with a surprise entrance after not qualifying. Um, he would then, the following season, keep 22 clean sheets as United would win the Premier League and be named best goalkeeper in the world. He would go on to win five Premier League titles, three FA Cups, one League Cup and one Champions League, famously the treble in 1999. He would go on to play for Sporting Lisbon, Aston Villa and Manchester City, winning one more title and one Intertoto Cup. He retired in April 2003 after winning four Danish titles, one Danish Cup, five Premier League titles, three FA Cups, one League Cup, one Champions League, one Super Cup, four Charity Shields, one Portuguese title, one Portuguese Super Cup, one Intertoto Cup. He was capped 129 times for Denmark, scoring one goal. Um, He won one European Championship four Danish Goalkeeper of the Year awards and three Danish Footballer of the Year awards. He was also named in the European Champions League Team of the Year, a three times UEFA Goalkeeper of the Year, two IFFHS Goalkeeper of the Year awards, uh, PFA Team of the Year, Premier League Player of the Year, a whole host of English and European Dream Teams and English and Danish Hall of Fame. He also has an MBE. So, that... Was that Intertoto Cup, eh? Intertoto Cup, yes. Oof. That's the big one right there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes all the difference, that does. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that, if that doesn't win it alone, <laughs> then, you know. <laughs> can't argue that piece of silverware. On to David Seaman. Born in Rotherham in the UK on the 19th of September 1963, in 1981 he began at Leeds United, but was not wanted by the then manager, Eddie Gray and sold to Peterborough United for £4,000 in 1982. Having also played for Birmingham City and QPR, Seaman made his England debut in 1988, and in 1990 he signed for Arsenal, winning the title in his first season, only conceding 18 goals along the way. 
1998, he would win his first double, playing every game and only conceding 17 goals. He would leave Arsenal for free to join Man City in 2003. Both goalkeepers playing for Manchester City, quite strange. Uh, however, he Did would they not... play at the same time? Uh, no, I think one replaced the other, didn't they? Because David James was in there at some point. I can't remember the name. Because I think the time, that time frame is very, very similar. It's very close, yeah, absolutely. But I think that they kind of replaced each other, I think. Because um, he wouldn't last the whole season. Um, he'd retire in January of 2004. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he won one Division One title, four FA Cups, two Premier Leagues, one League Cup, three Charity slash Community Shields, one Cup Winners' Cup, and he was capped 75 times for England. Uh, he was named in the Euro Team of the Tournament in 1996. He was named a PFA Team of the Year player. In total, he won three league titles, five cup trophies, one European trophy, and nine major honours in general. Now, I know that those statistics sound a little bit less impressive than Peter Schmeichel, and to be honest, they kind of are. But let's not forget that he was one of the great goalkeepers. But I didn't forget. Gentlemen, the choice comes down to you. Who would you like to be the first inductee in the Sacked in the Morning Hall of Fame? I mean, did Peter Schmuckle ever play for England? Peter Schmuckle did, nev- did not ever play for England. Well, really, that's your answer then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also fairly certain Peter Schmuckle didn't get lobbed from the halfway line. I'm pretty and sure Peach Michael got locked a few times though. Yeah, can we can we uh, say that for sure? I mean, do you know if he never got lobbed in Portugal or Denmark? I oh, can't say. 100% in terms for of sure. like high-profile mistakes, <laughs> won't you know? But I'm always going to be a little bit biased because Peach Michael was like my goalkeeper icon growing up. So. I think he was a lot of people goalkeepers' hero, wasn't he? You know, he was the quintessential yeah. goalkeeper. But this isn't isn't mine, gentlemen. I mean, I think Phelan's made a decision. So Phelan's definitely saying Peter Schmeichel, yeah? Sounds like it. Yeah. I'd say Schmeichel for me was the one um, growing up, was the one that I watched. Um, commanding presence, owns his penalty area, um, made such a difference to that team. Although well, I, I will admit David Seaman has the best save that I've seen out of the two of them. And cooler hair. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, for me, it's it's Schmeichel. Yeah, the FA Cup game against Sheffield United uh, was that save yep. for that Davidson. Yep, voted uh, one of the greatest saves of all time. Yeah, it just pains me to say it. I think Peter Schmeichel was a better goalkeeper than David Seaman. Yeah, just for more of the achievements that he achieved more league titles, European Championship winner, Peter Schmeichel, probably the best goalkeeper in the world in the yeah. mid 90s, probably. I mean, David Seaman could have. Had a claim for that as well, especially after year 96. Um, but I think Schmeichel's probably that just a little bit better. So there you go. Manchester City legend Peter Schmeichel <laughs> beats out narrowly <laughs> Manchester City legend David Seaman to go into the Sacked in the Morning Hall of Fame. You are the first inductee. Congratulations, Mr. Peter It's all about Man City. <laughs> They've always been a huge club. That's it for uh, for this um, instalment of Sacked in the Morning. Thank you for joining us for our first, uh, well, uh, 1B episode 
of 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 this uh, podcast. Hopefully, there won't be any more major world changing pandemics that come along um, yeah, and derail us again. It's open, and we can uh, we can yeah get together a couple more times and start to make this a little bit more of a regular occurrence. But uh, I would like to thank you for joining me, Michael Phelan. If you would like to sign off for me, please. Thank you very much. It's been enjoyable. Thank you very much. And I would like to thank you, Mr. Tom Bridger, for enjo- for joining me. If you would like to sign off for me. Gracias. Sí. Adios. <laughs> ¿Qué pasa? Uh, and thank you very much for listening to this first episode of Sacked in the Morning. Uh, my name is Richard Driscoll. I was your host. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Some people are on the pitch, they think it's all over. It is now.